Yeah. How are we doing, M12? You guys having a good night? That's what I'm talking about. Awesome, awesome. Man, we are so glad that every single one of you are here. Glad you chose to spend your Thursday night with us. And uh, just like Jamie and Kristen and Zach said, we have a really, really awesome VIP room next door. If this is like your first time ever to M12, then we want you and the person that brought you to join us right next door as soon as the service is over. We got a bunch of free stuff that we want to give you. Now, the rest of you, uh, you've been here. You know that we're in the middle of a series called Circles, and this series centers around one big question, and here's the question. The question is, circles, what are we known for, right? What are we known for? And this is a huge question, right? In fact, if you're like brand new to M12, this is probably one of the questions on your mind. Like, what, it, what are we known for? What is, what is M12 known for? What is M12 all about. In fact, this is a really good question for you to ask personally. Like, what am I known for? What are you known for? What is your friend known for? In fact, you can take this question and you can really apply this question to any organization, to any business, to any church, to any school, to anywhere. Okay, you can apply, what are we known for? Everyone at the end of the day has to answer this question, what are we known for? In fact, you could, um, you could go up to like the Discovery Channel this week and you could say, hey, Discovery Channel, um, what are you known for? And do you know what they would say? Shark Week. You know what I'm saying? Shark Week. How many of you are watching Shark Week this week? Yeah, there we go. We got some shark fans. I don't, okay, I got to be honest. I don't understand what the obsession is, but I'm in. Like, I love sharks, man. I think sharks are beautiful, majestic, terrifying creatures. Just like they, they scare the daylights out of me, but I love them. You know, I can't, actually, this is true. Um, around this time last year, my wife and I were on vacation. We were like staying at this hotel and we were getting ready to go somewhere and we were just like flipping through the channels and we got on the Discovery Channel and it was Shark Week and I couldn't stop watching. Like my eyes were glued. I was like, this is the greatest show ever invented. Like I love Shark Week. In fact, uh, for you to be here right now is a big sacrifice because Shark Week is happening right now, uh, which is sad. But we didn't want you to miss out on Shark Week and so we've got a little taste for you. Check it out. For some of you, that was like the most spiritual experience you ever had. You're like, that was unbelievable. I love Shark Week. I do, man. I'm telling you, it's incredible. I, uh, and those poor little baby seals, man, they do not stand a chance with some sharks. By the way, if you're like terrified right now, like if you're just not feeling good because you're like, I'm never going to go to the beach ever again, like that's it. Um, I got something for you in case you're like worried about sharks or you're terrified of sharks. If you ever want to just not be afraid of sharks, all you got to do is this. Put some human teeth on sharks, and then they're like happy creatures that you want to hang out with on the weekends. And you're like, oh, 
Sweet. So anyways, you go up to Discovery Channel, and you would ask them this week, hey, Discovery Channel, what are you known for? They're going to say, we're known for Shark Week. We're all about Shark Week. And so if Discovery Channel were to come up to us, M12, say, M12, what are you known for? What would we say? In other words, like, what is, what is our Shark Week here at M12? And so last week, we started the series, and we said that, like, at the core of who we are should be a relationship with God. That M12, at the end of the day, we're all about having a relationship with God. That at the center of who we are, all of our decisions, all of our relationships, all of our emotions should center around a relationship with God. And we actually said it this way. We said our attitude towards God should be, all of me loves Oh, that was so beautiful. Yes. By the way, don't sing the rest of that song. That does not apply to God, Okay. The curves and the edges of God, we're not going to get into tonight. That's weird. That's just a weird thing, okay? But this should be our attitude, that all of me, every bit of who I am, not just like some of me, but all of me should love all of God. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, to love the Lord your God. This is it, right, from last week. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So every bit of who you are should be in love with God. And for those of you that were here last week, man, you know what a powerful, powerful night it was. And if you weren't here and you want to, like, catch up and, and hear about what we talked about, um, I'm sorry. There's no way for that to happen. I'm just kidding. There is. Check it out. We have a podcast now launching today. So you can go onto iTunes and you can actually download all of the talks from the past like five months, ever since March, we've been recording, and every single sermon is available online for free. So all you got to do, check it out. There's two ways to get there. You can go to like the iTunes store, the podcast section, type in middle school sugarloaf, just middle school sugarloaf. When you do that, this is the only one that comes up. And so you can uh, subscribe to it. You can download it. You can listen to it for free no matter where you are. You can listen to it, which is pretty awesome. So if you ever miss a week and you want to catch up, now you can go and do that. Or if you're like listening and like you really like the sermon or maybe there was a part that you want to remember, then you can go and download it and listen to it uh, over and over again. And um, if you don't have iTunes, you can actually get there through our 12 Stone website as well. So if you just go to 12stone.com slash M12StoneSL, uh, which is the same thing as our like Twitter and Instagram handle, then you can actually uh, get there as well. So you can always, always, always listen to what we talked about, even if you miss a week. I'm telling you, this is going to be an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, now, if you were here last week, you know that, I, like, I don't even know what it is, but man, it, something happened here last week. Uh, in fact, many of you actually tweeted about it. We got a few, uh, a few tweets. And... Um, and it was incredible. As I was like scrolling through uh, my timeline, I saw all of these tweets about like what God was doing in your heart. And for many of you, man, last week, last week was a huge moment where you decided that, man, I, I'm tired of just loving God with part of my heart, with just like some of my soul and just a little bit of my mind. I want to love God. I want to love God with everything I am, with all that I am. And so some of you made like really bold decisions and you talked to your parents about stuff you'd never talked to them about before. Some of you said there are habits that I'm going to give up. Like, like some of you made drastic changes because you said, I want to love God with everything that I am. And by the way, that's incredible. Like, I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. that, that like, honestly, that is why I do what I do. I want you guys to fall in love with Jesus because I think Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me and the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. But 
I got to be honest, there's a, uh, there's a fear that I have. Um, and the fear is that you'll think that that's the only thing that life is about. And I know that sounds weird, so just kind of bear with me. Uh, my fear is that you think that God's plan for your life is for you to love God, and that's it. And that's the only thing. In other words, your idea of like a perfect night is like you upstairs in your room by yourself with your Bible listening to oceans on repeat. And you're just like in the word and you're like, come on, this is it. This is like the perfect. In other words, you think that the goal, the goal of the Christian life is for you to talk to God and then to listen to God and then talk to God and then listen to God. And I don't have time for you other people because I'm trying to talk to God and I'm trying to listen to God. And it's all about God and me and God and me. And it's you and Jesus and your own little party. And that's what it's all about. In fact, some of you right now are like, you're like a little nervous because <laughs> you're like, well, I thought what you wanted us to do like I thought that's what it was all about and so and so we've got this question this question is going to go throughout the entire series what are we known for and I think if the only thing we're known for is that we love God I think we're missing something I do and I know that that may come as a shock to some of you but I think if I think if Jesus were to stand here today and if the only thing we were known for is that we loved God I think Jesus would say you're missing something. In other words, there's more. And so I want to look at a conversation that Jesus had with a bunch of people that didn't like him. In fact, it's the same conversation that we talked about last week because even though we left off at verse 37, there was actually more that Jesus said. So if you would grab your Bibles, they should be like under your chairs or uh, right in front of you. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. And this is going to be on page 990. 990. And uh, we said this last week, and uh, this is true every week. If, if, if you're like new to church, or you don't really know what church is all about, and maybe you don't have a Bible of your own, uh, we want you to take this Bible home with you. Uh, in fact, you can like write your name in it and have it at home, because I'm telling you, um, reading scripture only on Thursdays is, is good, but we actually want you to take it home uh, and read it when you're at home. So if you don't have a Bible, take this home as our gift to you. In fact, I loved one of the, uh, one of the pictures, one of the tweets was someone who did that. And uh, they didn't have a Bible before, and they took one home, and I thought that that's incredible. So if that's you, do that tonight, man. Take it home. Um, and, so, and so we're uh, catching up on what we talked about last week. Many of you guys know this, uh, that Jesus was talking with some people that didn't like him. And maybe if you're new to church, you're like, I didn't know that people didn't like Jesus. And, well, it's true, people didn't. And so maybe if there's people that, like, don't like you, um, well, good, like you're in good company because some people didn't like Jesus either. And uh, on this one particular occasion, there were teachers. And the teachers didn't like Jesus because Jesus was a better teacher than they were. And so they wanted to make, uh, they wanted to like one-up Jesus. They wanted to try and trick the teacher. And so they thought they could ask him a trick question that he wouldn't be able to answer. Now, normally this sort of stunt uh, probably would have worked out pretty well. Uh, but when you try and trick the creator of the universe who is all-knowing and all-powerful, <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, it didn't really work out so well for them. And so they actually asked him a question. They thought it was impossible to answer. And Jesus had a response ready. And the question they asked him is actually a really, really important question. In fact, it's the question that we've been talking about. What are we known for? In other words, at the core of who we are, like at the center of who we are, what is the most important thing that we should be known for? What is the one thing that we should be all about? And they thought there was no answer to this, but Jesus had an answer ready. And this is what he said. Starting in verse 37 of chapter 22, Jesus replied, you know this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
And that's where we left off, but Jesus wasn't done. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. In other words, this is the number one priority. This is the main thing about your life. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, and, there's more. And Jesus wasn't done talking. See, the quotes don't end there. Jesus continues talking because there's more that Jesus has to say. He says, love God with everything you have. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, and, listen, and the second is like it. To love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, all the law and the prophets. In other words, all of your decisions, all of your relationships, all of your emotions, everything in your life, hang on these two. Not one, but two commandments. To love God with everything you have. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus says the most important thing about your life is your relationship with God. But in the same breath, Jesus says, and also you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. In other words, and this is in your notes, Jesus was saying loving God is your first priority, but not your only priority. Loving God, it is your first priority, but it's not your only priority. Jesus is saying you got to love God. That is the most important thing. But don't miss this. You got to love one another. Now, I know that there's, um, there's probably some of you in this room uh, that maybe you're like a little upset or maybe there's a little tension because um, the thought of like loving God is okay to you, but the thought of loving your neighbor is a little difficult, right? Because maybe you're thinking of like um, the person who sits next to you in class and you're like, you mean I got to love I kind of love them or the person sits next to you on the bus or maybe um, the person who's sitting next to you right now. I don't know. Uh, and so you're like I, don't really, like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can love my neighbor as I love myself. And maybe for you, you're thinking, well, why? Why? Why do I need to love my neighbor as I love myself? And um, I think that there's like two main reasons. Uh, the first reason is because Jesus said so. Jesus said so. Uh, and that's, I know, that's a cop-out, but here's the deal. If, if, if there's a guy who comes on planet Earth and lives a perfect life and performs all these miracles, and he's walking on water, and he's calming the sea, and he's an unbelievable teacher, he's wiser than anyone who's ever lived, and then they crucify him through Roman execution, and people actually watch him die, they watch him buried, and then three days later, by the power of God, he's raised to life, I think I'm going to go with whatever he says. Right? Like there's something to this guy. And so if Jesus says it, then it's probably important for me. But I know uh, that many of you are like, well, that's not reason enough for me. And so there's actually a second reason. And the reason you need to love one another, to love your neighbor as yourself, is because of this. It's because you can't do life alone. You can't. You can't do life alone. Hard as you may try, as much as you wish you could, you can't do life alone. And some of you have like a me and Jesus party and it's two people and no one else is invited and I love God and I'm going to listen to God and I'm going to talk to God but I don't want anyone else to be a part of my crew because it's just me and Jesus and I'm telling you, you can't do life alone. And people have gotten burned by this because they've tried to do life alone and they end up hurting. They end up being upset. They end up frustrated because you can't. You can't do life alone. In fact, you were not created to do life alone. 
Like when God made you, he made you someone that needs to be with other people. Whether you like it or not, you cannot do life alone. In fact, this is, this is one of my favorite verses. It's from like the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 2.18. It says, it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. Now, there's, there's two like really curious things about this verse. One is that this takes place at the very beginning. And so um, this is the first time that in recorded scripture, God said something was not good. It's very interesting. So God made the heavens and the earth, okay? Everything you see outside, everything that's ever been created, everything that we can see with like the Hubble telescope, like millions of light years away, okay? All of that stuff, God made. In the beginning, it says, God made the heavens and the earth, and it was good. God looked at it and said, that is good. And then he separated the light from the dark, and he said, that's good. And then he separated the waters, and he said, that is good. And then he, like, created the stuff that's actually in the water, and he said, that's good. And he created the stuff that crawls along the ground, and he said, that's good. And then he made Adam, and he said, this is very good. And then he gets to this verse, and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Even though everything else God made was good, he says this is not good. Now, there might be a few like Bible scholars in the room, right? And you're like arguing with me, uh, with me right now. And you're like, well, uh, Steve, I think that verse is talking about the relationship you need to have with God. And you know what? It's true that we do need a relationship with God. There's no doubt. But the context of this verse is not talking about that. Because here's what's happening in that verse. Did you know that at the very beginning, Adam and God, Adam, the very first person, and God were actually friends? They had an unbelievable relationship. In fact, um, no offense, but uh, Adam's relationship with God was better than your relationship with God. And it's better than your relationship with God. And it's better than my relationship with God. Because there was no guilt. There was no shame. There was no fear. There was no condemnation. There was no sin. There was nothing. In other words, Adam, Adam loved God with all of his heart. With all of his soul and with all of his mind, there's even a verse that says that God was walking with Adam in the cool of the day. So Adam and God have this perfect relationship, and he's loving God with everything he has. And in the middle of that, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. Because you can't do this on your own. You can't do life alone. In fact, even, uh, even nature, even nature shows this. I mean, isn't it crazy that, like, God in his, like, infinite brain uh, even made, like, nature show us that we can't do life alone? In fact, the, um, the video that we watched at the beginning, you know, the Shark Week video, um, that's what I'm talking about. We got some Shark Week fans. Uh, so did you, did you happen to catch what, like, the shark was, was attacking? Yeah. D- d- uh, uh, how many people would say that the shark was attacking seals? Raise your hand. You're like, yeah, the shark was attacking seals. Um, No, actually. The shark was not attacking seals. The shark was attacking one seal. One seal. Because if you notice at the very beginning, there was a group of seals, but there was not a shark around. Because a shark attacks single preys. And it waits until the seal is separated. In other words, when the seal is separated from community, then the seal is in dangerous territory. And when you are separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. Because we were meant to do life with other people. You can't, you can't do life alone. In fact, I was talking to a, uh, I was talking to a student um, that accepted Christ uh, at a camp, a lot like the one that we went to 
um, recently, NTS camp, uh, a lot like that camp. And um, his, his life before camp was pretty, was pretty like messed up. Um, he was into like, he was into partying. He was drinking all the time. There was a lot of like illegal drugs that he was using. Uh, his family life was really difficult. Like his life was just a mess. It was tough. <laughs> and then he went to camp and he discovered that Jesus loved him. And he discovered that God sent Jesus to die on the cross to rescue him. And he said, I'm in. Man, this is awesome. And so there at camp, he accepted Christ as his savior. And what's incredible is that he said, God, uh, like I'm in so that I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And so he gave up all the drugs. He gave up all the drinking. He gave up all the partying. He said, God, I want to love you with everything that I am. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want to have all of me, all of me loving you. He did not get in community with other people. He tried to do life alone. And now he's, uh, he's struggling with a lot of the same doubts, a lot of the same fears, a lot of the same worries that he had before he met Christ. Because when you're separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. And then uh, I, I talked to another student recently who actually had a very similar background to this guy, and um, just for the sake of the story, I'm going to call this student uh, John, okay? That's not his real name, but we'll just call him John. So John, uh, he used to party all the time, and he used to drink, and he used to smoke weed, and he really didn't care about what other people thought, because he didn't really care about anyone else, uh, because he was just out to live for himself, instant gratification. He just wanted to do whatever felt right for him. And then Jesus, <laughs> and then he discovered that in the midst of all of his partying, in the midst of all of his trying to find happiness, the only true source of happiness is Jesus. And so he said, I'm in. And he accepted Christ as his savior. And he too said, I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And so he gave up the drinking. He gave up the partying. He gave up all the weed. He said, I'm done. I want all of me to belong to God. And, and he got in community with other people. And he surrounded himself with people that believed like he did. He surrounded himself with people that could hold him accountable, people that would love him, people that he could go to when he was struggling. Because he recognized that when you're separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. And so he, uh, one night, he, he was just frustrated with life, and so he, he called his friend, and just for the sake of the story, we're going to call him Sam. Okay, that's not his name, but Sam. So John called Sam, and Sam was in his community. And uh, he, called up, he called up Sam because he was just frustrated with the way life was going. Even though he loved God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, life was not going the way he wanted it to. And to be honest, he just wanted an escape. He just wanted to go back to the life that he had left when he accepted Jesus as a savior. So he called Sam and he said, Sam, I'm done, dude. Like, I'm just done with life right now. I, I just want to relax. I just want to hang. Like, can we just chill together? Can we just smoke weed together? And Sam said yes. But what John didn't know is that Sam did not intend to smoke weed. In fact, Sam wanted to hold John accountable. And so Sam and John uh, got in the car together, they drove somewhere, they got some weed, and then they decided to drive to a field 
where they could smoke the weed. And then Sam looked over at John and said, hey, uh, can, I just like, can I just like hold on to the weed for a second? And John was like, sure, and he gave it to him. And then Sam took it and said, I'm not giving this back to you because I'm not going to stand by and watch you make a decision that you're later going to regret. And I know that you're probably angry with me right now, but one day you'll thank me because I know this isn't you. And I know that deep down you don't want to do this. And John was frustrated, as you can imagine, and so John and Sam started arguing, but eventually John realized that Sam was right, that he didn't want to make that decision. And so John and Sam got the weed, and they burned it. And, and they, they didn't, like, burn it, you know what I'm saying? They, like, burned it, okay? So nothing. They got rid of it, okay? They trashed it. Um, and as I, was talking to, as I was talking to John on the phone, John said, Sam cared so much for me, and he kept me from making a decision that I knew I would regret. In fact, Sam protected me. And man, that's what community is. Because when you're separated from community, you're in dangerous territory. I'm telling you, you can't do life alone. Hard as you may try, as much as you're thinking, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, I'm telling you, you need one another. You need community. In fact, this is why we do life groups. It's the whole reason we do life groups. Because we know that you can't do life alone. And so we have life groups, and they're actually going to be launching in September. The beginning of September, we're starting life groups. Life groups happen from 6 to 6.50, right before the service, every single Thursday. And I'm telling you, you got to jump into a life group. It's going to be full of people in your same grade and gender. In fact, when you go to Connection Group, it's the same leaders and the same students that you're already used to seeing. But you're in life group. And what happens in life group is that this is where you actually share life with one another. This is where you hold one another accountable. This is where you're honest with one another. This is where you go when you're struggling and you need help. This is where you go to find encouragement. This is where you go when you have no one else to call. Because you can't do life alone. You need one another. So I'm telling you, uh, at the end of tonight, you're going to have a chance to actually sign up for life groups. You need one another. I'm telling you, sign up for life groups. See, because you can, you can uh, sit here in a row and you can hear a lot about God. And uh, maybe you're even inspired to like, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But I'm telling you, life change happens when you're in life groups. Life change happens in circles, not in rows. When you're face-to-face -face with other people your age saying, I need help. When you're face-to-face -face with people your age saying, can I hold you accountable? That's where God begins to do his greatest work. And that's why I'm inspired by, um, by some pictures like these. These have been taken over the past, like, couple months. And um, I love these pictures <laughs> because it shows community. It does. In fact, this was uh, from one of our life groups last year. And um, they didn't know I was taking this picture. Uh, it, it, it was happening at the end of life groups, and I'm a creeper, okay, so I'm sorry. And so I, I like went over to the window, and as soon as I saw that, I snapped a picture because I said, I want a picture of this because this is why we do what we do. Because you can stand here, you can sit here and listen to a message, and that's pretty good, but this is where life change happens. This is where you really discover the power of God in your life. This is where you really start loving one another. Some of you remember Share Square from camp, right? That students, 
Yeah, students stood up and they shared their stories. And then what happened as soon as they were done sharing? All these people, squad, right? All these people gathered up and they prayed together. And I'm telling you, this was powerful. Because this is where life change happens. You need one another because you can't do life alone. Just this past Sunday, some of you were here. Uh, this past Sunday morning, we had uh, one of our eighth graders got baptized. And dude, she invited like half her school. And they were all there. And they were celebrating with her. And they gathered around her. And it was chaos and it was mayhem. But I love it because she had community. Because she went forward publicly and she said, all of my life belongs to God. And then community surrounded her. And so I guarantee you, when life gets tough, she's got people she can go to. This is why we do life groups. It's the best way we know how to have community. So the question for tonight is really simple. Will you join a life group? Will you join a life group? Right after this is over, you're going to head to your connection groups, and you're going to have a chance to sign up for a life group. It's going to be every single Thursday from 6 to 6.50. And I know, I know that like for many of you, you got a lot of other stuff going on. I'm telling you, make this a priority. Because we're not trying to fill your schedule. We're trying to fill your life. Because you can't do this life alone. And um, if I can uh, have like an honest moment with you guys. Um, I love every single one of you. Uh, some of you know this. I, I, I think of you kind of like my own kids. Um, and so, you know, when you do something awesome, I'm proud of you. Uh, when you hurt, I hurt you. And if I could be every single one of you or like best friends, I would. Man, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Like, if I could be there every time you're struggling, uh, if I could be a phone call away whenever you're hurting, whenever you need help, I would do it. I'm telling you, I would. But I can't. I can't. <laughs> but your life group leaders can. And I'm telling you, if you guys only knew how much your adult life group leaders cared about you, oh my gosh, you have no idea what they're sacrificing to be here for you because they love you so much. I've had so many conversations where I watch your life group leaders like crying over you because they love you so much. Because they want to be there for you. And so I'm telling you, you got to get in the life group. These life group leaders love you. Your fellow students love you. And you can't do life alone. You can't. But so what are we known for? What if M12? What if M12 was known as a place where we love God with everything we have and and we love one another. What if when people walked in, they said, there is community there. People hold one another up there. People care for one another. People are there for one another when they're struggling. What if M12 was known as that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just imagine. Just imagine if just the students in this room committed to being in a life group and you guys loved one another. Imagine how different your schools would be. Imagine how different your families would be. Imagine how different you would be. So we sign up for life groups because you can't do life alone and you were never meant to. And this could be the community that you need. Let me pray for you. God, I, I uh, oh my gosh, I love these students. Um, but to be, to be honest, I don't love these students nearly as much as you love them. And you made them, and you know everything about them, and you made them with a desire and a need for community. And I know some of them are realizing that, and they're like, dude, I do need other people. 
I do need people around me. God, I pray that for those that don't realize it yet, that they would realize that they can't do life alone, that they need one another. And for those that realize it, God, would you give them the boldness and the courage to sign up for a life group? That today they would go to their connection groups and they would fill out the form and say, I'm in. I'm in. God, I want M12 to be known as a place where we love God with everything we have and we love one another. So would you make that happen, please? And God, we only love you because you first loved us. You sent your son Jesus to die for us so that we could be in community with you. So God, you know, you know that when we're separated from community, we're in dangerous territory. So would you protect us with one another? Help us love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Help us get into community with one another. Please, Jesus, would you do that? So we love you. And we want to love you with everything that we have. And we want to love one another the way you have loved us. And so we pray all these things in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus.